the province announcing starting September the 7th, a vaccine policy for both the healthcare and education sectors. Essentially, you'll need either proof of full vaccination, a medical reason for not being vaccinated, or submit to regular testing if you're not fully vaxxed in order to report to work. Joining us now for more on this is infectious diseases specialist, Dr. Suman Chakrabarti. He joins us now on Global News Radio. Doctor, good afternoon. Afternoon. All right, appreciate being here as always. Uh, first off, let's start just with your impressions. Give us your take on the announcement just made. Uh, I think this is a good move. I mean, you know, having some sort of definitive rules for uh, these settings, for example, schools, healthcare, congregate living settings like women's shelters. I like seeing a defined thing of what to do with not only vaccination, which is what I want everybody to get, but also something that's pragmatic for people who are not going to get the vaccine, whether it is, you know, a personal choice, uh, which really we should be discussing, but also uh, the rare, um, except where they can't get it. And having that uh, regular testing with the rapid antigen, I think is a good concession because it's something that's safe and makes it so you're not going to be excluding a whole bunch of people that could be helpful in a workforce. Yeah, is mandatory vaccination, a mandatory vaccination policy, is that a bit of a misnomer? Because that's what this is being called, doctor. Yet you're still allowed to go to work without being fully vaxxed. You just have to be tested on a regular basis. So calling this a mandatory vaccination policy, is that like a little misleading, do you think? Well, I think that uh, it's, it's clearly a very strong suggestion. And when you look at it, uh, technically, it's uh, not mandatory if you don't have to. But that said, I think that this is something that's pragmatic. And I really do think that the idea of rapid testing, we're going to be seeing this a lot more, not just in this setting, but also other places. Uh, because, uh, again, I, even though I want everybody to make the choice to get vaccinated, the idea of completely excluding a, a portion of the population from certain types of activities, to me, I don't think is, is the right thing to do, especially when you have an intervention that can uh, make them able to do something safely by excluding only the people who are highly infectious at the time. All right. When you talk about these rapid tests, Dr. Chakrabarti, just how often should they be conducted? We just heard Dr. Kieran Moore say that uh, you will be subjected to regular testing. Would your advice be just medically that uh, those that are not fully vaccinated, if they're reporting to work in a healthcare or education uh, capacity, that they be tested uh, every morning on a daily basis or something less than that? Yeah, it, it's something about that. With uh, rapid testing, it only works if you're doing it regularly. And in general, you're going to hear anywhere from, you know, every other day, a couple of days a week, uh, as well as every day, depending on, on uh, where you're working. But the point is, it allows you to pick up people. It might not pick up everybody that has COVID, but it's very good at picking up people who are uh, actively infectious at the time. And that, that can change quickly, which is why you want to do regular testing. Yeah. Are you comfortable with uh, rapid testing in terms of its efficacy? Because I know there's been uh, some talk, particularly when it was first introduced, uh, that it uh, maybe wasn't reliable enough. But are we at a point now where uh, you and other medical professionals, uh, are you comfortable allowing people into a, a workplace or a congregate setting with a rapid test if they're not fully vaxxed? If they're doing it regularly and we know what the rapid test is being used for. So the thing is, the rapid test, Again, it might not pick everybody that has COVID, but it's very good at picking up people who are very infectious at the time. 
So if you exclude them from the workforce at that time, you know, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. We also have to remember that, you know, we do have a pretty impressive amount of vaccination in the community. So even if one does uh, get by the goalie, so to speak, the people that are in the area will be protected with the vaccine and it doesn't allow that infection to go very far. And that's part of the, you know, an, another one of the strategies that we have to keep uh, this from uh, spreading like wildfire. And we're in a much better position than we were last year at this time. Obviously, we're very concerned about uh, Delta and the fourth wave, but uh, you mentioned our vaccination rate. So how long do you think a policy like this will have to be in place? Is it just for the foreseeable future and we're just going to have to wait and see? I think so. I think it's going to be at least for the next uh, six uh, months uh, uh, leading into the spring. Then we'll have a better idea of which direction uh, the pandemic is going. Uh, I do uh, like the idea, though, of having uh, in the future an off-ramp. We can't be doing this forever. At some point, we just have to open things back up regularly without paying attention to uh, vaccination status because we're not going to need it anymore. I think it is important to know vaccination status. It is important to do rapid testing in high-risk places if you uh, aren't fully vaccinated. But at some point, that's not going to mean much anymore when the, when the pandemic has cooled off and we're no longer seeing explosive transmission at that point in time it doesn't make sense to have this uh, on board but that not, might not be for at least six months if not longer joined by dr suman chakrabarti uh, doctor also wanted to ask you about news out of the u.s today experts there are expected to recommend booster shots a third shot for every american regardless of age that of course less than a year after being fully vaccinated uh, why is this booster why is it necessary you know, I have to be honest with you, I'm uneasy with this, especially because there's certain parts of the world that haven't had their first shot of vaccine yet. I, I'm uh, still not completely convinced that uh, booster shots are even necessary for the general population. I do think, at least now, I do think it does make sense for people who have profound immune suppression. So I'll give you an example. Somebody who's on transplant um, medications or they have uh, cancer chemotherapy for a blood cancer. These individuals might not react as uh, effectively to a dose, a two doses of vaccine, and a third dose makes sense. But I think we really, really should be looking at vaccinating the rest of the world where there's still uh, explosive growth happening, for example, South Asia, uh, and we, uh, you know, before we give third doses to the general population here. All right, and that is the policy that was just outlined by Dr. Moore this afternoon. There will be a boosters in the province, but it will be uh, for those that have things such as blood cancers. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot more sense. This is a targeted population. It's much smaller, and I think that uh, it's much more in line with the global vaccine equity. All right, just finally, Dr. Chakrabarty, I wanted to ask you about New Zealand, who is also uh, back in the headlines and back in the strict lockdown for at least three days after just a single case of COVID was uh, reported. Uh, your take on that, is that a bit of an overreaction, do you think, locking down uh, New Zealand entirely over one case? I, I do, and I think that the entire um, approach of this COVID zero, as we saw in Australia and how that fell apart in many other countries, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, we're seeing that once the virus has gotten to this point where it's way more transmissible, this is not a realistic uh, approach. And with New Zealand, I suspect they're going to start to run into the same problem that uh, Australia has had. And you can see they've painted themselves into a bit of a corner. Now, until you get to a certain level of, of vaccination, they're not going to want to open up. And, you know, this can lead to kind of an endless uh, cycle of uh, lockdowns until, uh, you know, things are safer. And I really hope things get under control there, but I suspect it's going to go the same way as Australia. All right. Dr. Chakrabarty, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. You got it, man. Take care. You too. Dr. Suman Chakrabarty with us. And we're back after this break here on Global News Radio. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.